0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another cloudy day here in the capital city as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. My name is Scott Challoner and I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Paula Thomas. Paula is a director at Chrysalis Day Support, a provider of day support and person-centred care to people in and around the village of Abbots Bromley in Staffordshire. Paula, very warm welcome to you and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us today.
1: Thank you. Good morning, Scott.
0: It's a real pleasure having you join us. Now, the purpose of this discussion, Paula, is to really understand your take on leadership as a whole. So if we dive straight in and just look at that word leader on its own for a moment, what does that word actually mean to you and how does it resonate?
1: Uh, right, leadership for uh, me, I think, is how I motivate and support my staff to uh, uh, to achieve in a good... Delivery of our service for the guests who attend our day centre.
0: And in terms of your own sort of leadership style, in a sense, how would you go about describing that? Would you say you're quite a collaborative leader in that sense? Uh,
1: we like to think so, yeah. Along with my colleague Lynn, uh, we like to uh, lead by example sometimes because we, we go with the staff on the floor sometimes and assist with uh, the activities that are happening at the day centre. Mm.
0: And it's crucial, isn't it, that being on an equal footing with those around you, because it shows a real degree of humility as a leader, that doesn't it? And I think especially during times such as what we're going through at the moment with the COVID-19 crisis and different leaders in different businesses, organisations having to feel their way through this pandemic, that sort of leadership is proving really important. And those sorts of leaders are going to be getting people to really go above and beyond during this time. And we've seen some incredible stories, really, haven't we, of those whether they be on the front line or otherwise, really going out of their comfort zones just to help their local communities and keep things ticking over?
1: I think, yeah, you're right, Scott. We certainly have had to divert from what we normally do. Obviously, our uh, centre is is where we're all working together in one venue. But what we've had to do at Chrysalis is sort of take our service as an outreach service Mm. to our guests who would normally attend the day centre we've had to go out and work with these people in their own homes. Uh, So, yes, it has been completely um, a a whole different scenario for our staff and obviously our guests, some who have um, really have got no understanding of the situation at the moment. And so it's been uh, a completely different thing for our staff who've had to try and help these people and guide them as best as they can through the pandemic.
0: And do you think that the staff members in particular have responded quite well to the task at hand in that sense?
1: They've been absolutely amazing, Scott. They really have. Uh, I mean, their their job normally is working with people. But again, they've always had the backup that there's a, that they, we work together in the one venue. But they're having to go out, um, on, on, as I say, to work with these people in their own homes. And yeah, they've been absolutely amazing. The reports we've had back from the carers of some of our guests is that, that you know, they've really appreciated this help because they've been struggling themselves. So, yeah, the staff have been absolutely amazing.
0: I suppose when we think of leadership in general, people management is a huge dimension of that. And in your case, it's not just about managing fellow staff members, but it's also about managing vulnerable people as well. And that brings a whole new sort of complex set of challenges into the equation, especially now where the provision of service has changed. And I was actually speaking to um, one um, provider of such similar services the other day and they sort of said that they had to be really conscious of maybe even wearing PPE as such when delivering services. Because when dealing with people with sort of complex mental health disorders, especially, it can form a little bit of a trigger as well um, for that. So that's something you've got to be sensitive of. And it brings across a whole new raft of challenges, doesn't it, that?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had, we were very lucky, fortunately. We, we had sufficient supplies of PPE. So our staff were able to go out, but yeah, it it is sort of like a barrier. It wasn't so mm-hmm. much the gloves, I think, as the masks. Uh, yeah, that that really did sort of some people were, were really quite concerned. Why were we suddenly turning up wearing these masks? And it was fortunate that uh, our staff have got a, uh, they knew they knew the members that the the guests that they were going to um, visit, and this this helped that they actually knew them. But yeah, it was that these people didn't quite understand. Why have you got this mask on? And, and it was it was difficult to get across to them. Mm. But obviously we were making jokes of it uh to try because we didn't want to upset people or get them, re, you know, more worried than some of them were. So um, yeah, we, we sort of made out it was a bit of a fancy dress with some people.
0: Mm. It's morale as well, isn't it? Which is incredibly important from a leadership perspective. Keeping morale high and. um with the experience of managing something as difficult um, as this and sort of moving toward that outreach kind of service, do you think that under the new normal, this is something that you may well end up pursuing sort of more regularly in future?
1: Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure at the moment, Scott. This has been a complete new learning curve for mm. us. Uh, in previous lives, Lynn and I have actually directed a uh, home care service. So we had got a lot of knowledge, with, which actually was quite good. Um, yeah, it, it has been a learning curve all the way through the time uh, as to how we handle this. Whether it w- it will move on to something else in the future, we don't know yet. Uh, but it, it, there is a possibility that, yeah, that could become... Um, I think with a lot of our guests, it was the isolation um, that, that um, was a, a lot of the problem. These people come to Chrysalis normally to have interaction with other people mm. um, to uh, sort of have a nice meal because otherwise they tend to be sitting at home eating on their own. So it's nice that when they come to Chrysalis, it becomes a bit of an event. So it's for them to socialise with us um, when they come to Christmas, And, of course, they've been missing out on us. A lot of the question we were getting was, you know, we can't understand why we can't go. So the staff have been there to try and support these people and interact with them so that, you know, at least they're getting some interaction with people, which, of course, they were all missing, that they couldn't understand why they weren't getting this. And again, we've had to support the staff. The staff have been ringing up, we've been speaking to them a lot, and working through any of the problems that we have. So, uh, yeah, it's been a a completely Mm. different scenario to what we normally do.
0: And do you think that there are going to be some positives to take from this difficult and quite tragic time in the sense that you've had to be flexible, you've had to be adaptable, there's some vital experience of crisis management there and it's ultimately going to be character building for staff members as well?
1: Oh, yeah, I think you ha- I mean, if you take away all the horrible things about it, there has been, as you t- said at the beginning, there's a lot of good, uh, good stories going about what mm. people have done, what they've achieved. And it has it has been really nice, and yes, yeah, has been a lot of character building. As I have said before, the staff are normally used to working on their own. They've had to go out, and they've been working out on the community. Um, with but they've got support from the phone. But of course, they've got they've got a lot of goodwill, the staff, and there's a lot of community spirit. So yeah, it has it's it's been a, a very a very hard learning curve, but yeah, I think we have we've learnt a lot from the, from the whole experience.
0: And learning, of course, is how we uh, develop, isn't it? So that's going to be incredibly um, important.
1: Of course, it is. Yeah, and it's sort of, sort of, you could get, you've learnt things that we can perhaps put into practice when we get back to whatever normality we are going to have after this. That where there's things that we've learnt that we can put into practice at the day centre, and like you say, perhaps it may be that we'll be doing a little bit of outreach working with these people to keep that continuity going.
0: And um, I'm sure you're aware there's there's been a great deal of debate around the government's leadership during this crisis as well and the approach that they've taken, Um, particularly around the transparency and clarity of existing guidelines and guidelines for the future as things begin to reopen again. Um, Are you satisfied that throughout this period you've known what has been expected of you and you continue to know what's expected of you as things do begin to start to open again or has there been a little bit more confusion than that?
1: Uh, I think we've, uh, yeah, I think we've been, uh, it's a learning curve for everybody, I think, hasn't it? So, yeah, I think we've sort of been, uh, we've understood what we need to do. um, uh, But perhaps in the future, there's things that we, you know, we need to have a look at how we're going to cope when we do get back out of lockdown. We did obviously have an emergency, you know, an, uh, an emergency plan that if anything ever happened, that uh, we could cope with it. So that that was good. We had the, that in place that we could cope with that. But, yeah, I think um, from, we've had the guidelines. I think everybody's got to sort of adapt them somehow to their own situation, haven't they? I mean, we're mm. trying to look at hopefully that we can get the day centre back up started as soon as possible because people are desperate, uh, carers in particular, um, need to have a bit of space They they've had, they've been in lockdown now for quite a long time so we're t- we are going to try and work out how we can do it and i think yeah we we've uh, yeah that we've had guide the guidelines we've had we've been able to um, put into place
0: And if we think about what the new normal might hold as we move through the pandemic and hopefully emerge from the other side, what do you envision, Paula, for the next 12 months for yourself, um, for Lynn and for Chrysalis Day support and what do you really hope to achieve during that period?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, I hope we can get back as soon as possible. Uh, I think there's a possibility that uh, that there may be a little bit of outreach work that we may be doing with um, our guests and with their carers, uh obviously we've got a sister site in Shrewsbury, which is willow Lodge uh that unfortunately had only just been open twelve months, and uh, of course we'd um w- you know we were build we were just starting to build up the business there, and of course that's now been pushed back a bit, so obviously we've got some work to do there as well um but yeah we're we're, we're quite optimistic about the future we're optimistic about it that we can We can get it up and running
0: again. That's really um, encouraging uh, to hear for sure, Paula. And, you know, I think um, over the next uh, few months, um, it would actually be really beneficial to catch up and have you back on the programme just to see what has changed in the time between and understand how things are getting on with the reopening as well. Because it's all well and good speculating about the future from this point, but there's still plenty of time for things to change, of course.
1: Well, well, it certainly is, Scott. <laughs> I mean, 14 or 15 weeks ago, none of us knew where we were going to bit what was going to happen in mm. the time that just, we've just gone through. So, no, you, you, you know, nobody can see, can they? And we can't predict. But I, but I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of people are optimistic about the future. And I'm sure that we, uh, that everybody can sort of, if everybody pulls together, I'm sure we can sort ourselves out. I know we've certainly learned that our, our service, I, I think uh, has been valuable in supporting our guests. Uh, I know we've had a lot of comments from our carers that they've appreciated the help that our staff have been giving them out in the community. So that's that, that's a good thing. That was a good thing.
0: It certainly is. And um, I have to say, Paula, it's uh, been a real pleasure having you on the uh, the programme uh, today with us and a most insightful experience. It's a shame we're just about out of time. Otherwise, I'm sure we could talk about it long into the afternoon. Um, but in the meantime, um, do take care and do stay safer with all still going on um, at the moment, because as we well know, we're not out of the woods with this yet, for sure. We
1: certainly are. And thank you very much, Scott. Thank you.
0: That was Paula Thomas speaking, Director at Chrysalis Day Support. Coming up next on today's programme, I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with Lord David Blunkett. Lord Blunkett is an active member of the House of Lords, a former Labour MP and Secretary of State, and of course the Chairman of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Despite being blind from birth, Lord Blunkett became one of the most prominent politicians of his generation, holding a number of senior positions in Tony Blair's Cabinet and serving as as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years. He was elevated to the House of Lords as Baron Blunkett of Brightside and Hillsborough in August of 2015. And I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Matthew enjoyed speaking with him. That is coming up next.
2: Lord Blunkett, welcome.
3: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you.